Crushing new laws on things as simple as uh, stopping to have a coffee or sitting in a park caught a lot of people by surprise. Oh yeah, oh boy, this shit banging. Some guy ate a bat in China, and he can't go out at night. Some guy ate a bat in China, and he got no human rights. Someone ate a bat in China in a cave, now you're human slave. Some guy ate a bat in China, so now the pharmaceutical companies get paid. Some bat in China, lock off the whole world, change things, rearrange it, or so we're told, like the world's under a spell. Beginning of hell, yo, yeah. Any sci-fi movie that's seen new world order. Seen it. Decrees cascading Running it. President Trump's end. Any horror movie that I've been. And the rest of the world now figuring out Oh boy. All right, that was Some Guy Ate a Bat in China by Gully Squad. This is John the Bond coming to you February 8, 2021. This is the second pilot episode of this uh, new series that we're doing here in conjunction with Dark Matter Digital Network and the Infinite Plane Society and of course JohnTheBond.com so we're all all three platforms uh, it's all coming together nicely I thought the response to last week's show was very positive and uh, I like I like the idea of having a weekly show I like the idea of getting back into doing that that's how I actually got into all of this before I had a YouTube channel uh, and made videos and before I was a podcaster I was actually a live streamer back before uh, Patreon was a thing, back before Super Chats were a thing. Back in 2014, the world was a different place back then, wasn't it? Goodness gracious me. So anyway, last week we spoke about 37 things normies believe, and we got through, I think, the first five. This week, we might touch on a couple more of those. We might touch on 37 things conspiratards believe. Let me just zoom in there for you. Because uh, it's not just the normies who believe a whole bunch of nonsense. Also, many supposedly awake people, they also believe a bunch of nonsense. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this uh, doggy coin business. Okay, doggy coin is going to the moon, supposedly. Because Elon Musk, let's take a look at this from Bloomberg. Supposedly, Elon Musk is, uh, is shilling for doggy coin. Or dogecoin, as some people call it. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the cryptocurrency game and just some of the, the nonsense that's going on. So, so to put this in perspective for you, according to the official story, Elon Musk is the wealthiest man uh, on earth today, according to the official story. Now, most of you know that's probably not true, but that is the official story. And what we're interested in here is the meta script, right? And so according to the meta script now, the richest man in the world who wants to go to Mars has now sent doggy coin to the moon shortly after the wolf moon of January. Credit to IPS for making that connection. And now this guy runs a company called Tesla, which supposedly I think it's like $800 for a stock now. 900 You know, they've, um, they've defied the, the institutional investors and the, the short traders and, you know, the Tesla has uh, defied all expectations and now is super successful, right? And now this guy says he's going to, he's invested $1.5 billion or his company has invested $1.5 into 
into Bitcoin. Does anyone find it a bit strange what's going on right now? Especially so shortly after the whole GameStop. I mean, this, the GameStop thing is still going on. I think it's probably peaked and uh, interest will, will disappear. But who knows? Maybe there'll be a comeback. But so shortly after the, the GameStop thing, now we've got uh, this uh, billionaire engaging in what some people might call... Some people, not me, they might call it manipulation of the markets. In fact, that's what people are saying on Twitter. People are now accusing Elon Musk. Let's go and find him. They're accusing Elon... There he is. No, Elon Musk. They're accusing Elon Musk of manipulating the market, all right? Of uh, taking advantage of, of a pump and dump. And so, yeah, it's just all very strange. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Tether. Now, a lot of you guys know about Tether, but here's what's important with Tether. There were 20 billion of these things in circulation at the end of last year. There's now... 28 billion. So that is that is a 40% increase in what? Six weeks? We're, we're not even halfway into February. And it's just phenomenal what's happening. And I have a suspicion, we're going to talk about this. And I first came up with this idea back in 20... Was it 2017 I was looking into Bitcoin? Yeah, it was about 2017. I had this idea that um, this um, blending of the financial market with the crypto market could lead to real-life banks supposedly being brought down by the phony crypto scheme backed by Tether. What I didn't know back then was that there'd be these uh, apps like Robinhood or these platforms like Robinhood where you can trade, quote-unquote, cryptocurrencies and stocks. So now all these people are flooding into Robinhood because they want to get on the GameStop uh, action. Well, guess what? That action's finished. So now what are they getting into? They're getting into the altcoins, aren't they? They're getting into the... Bitcoins and the altcoins, the shitcoins, basically, like Doggycoin. And this is all happening. You know, we're watching Twitter. Uh, we're watching Twitter be involved in this. People were suddenly Elon Musk fans because, hey, he's, um, he's tweeting about GameStonk. He's on our side. He wants to help us take down the, invest- the institutional investors, they say. Well, now he's, now he's promoting Doggycoin. <laughs> Pardon me. Uh... What the hell is going on, guys? What the hell is going on? So let's go to the live stream chat, see what people have to say. Hold on, I've got a little uh, notification here. It's Tim Osman, hold on. What's he saying? Oh, nice, nice. All right, Tim Osman, thank you very much. If you're out there, Tim, I do appreciate it. And like I said, this uh, this show is in conjunction with Dark Matter Digital Network. I think I've, I'm saying that properly. And uh, we and that used to be the one that, that hosted our Bell Show. Can you believe that? And they host a whole bunch of ton of uh, content there. So it's a digital network. I recommend people go and check it out if you haven't already. And also Infinite Plane Society. So um, I've been wanting to get back into live streaming for a while. But I needed like uh, an excuse to do it or a reason to do it. Like just to finally just say, no, that's it. Let's pick a day of the week. Let's pick a time and let's just commit to it. And uh, yeah, so when Tim Osman, I found out he was in charge of Dark Matter and he was trying to put together a, a roster of shows, I was like, you know what? It's time. It's time to do it. So here we are. That's exactly what we're doing. Now, this is the second pilot episode. I'll launch the show officially next week with a with a new name. It won't just be called JLB Live Show. I'll come up with a name. And there's a couple of features I want to uh, implement as well. So I was meant to do that the week just gone. Time got away from me, as it uh, sometimes tends to do. But I'm sure that by this time next week, it'll all be set up and we'll have a, a new weekly show. And who knows, we might rescale the great heights of the shows of the past. The Australian Roundtable Podcast. 
the Sunday sessions. And of course, the Baller Skeptical Roundtable, those were the days. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, within a few weeks we'll get back up to a nice regular schedule, regular listeners, regular callers in as well, regular commenters in the live stream chat, and uh, everything will be hunky-dory. So it is about 8.15 local here in beautiful Eastern Europe. Goodness gracious me. Let's take a look at the live stream chat. We've got a few people in there. We've got uh, Cubstar, Zinvalis, JT33, Alpha, Aka, I guess. That's some of the audio is coming through. I appreciate that, guys. All right. So uh, get your comments coming through. I'll read them out. But let's take a look at 37 things normies believe. We went through the first few of these last week. Uh, which ones did we look at last week? Let's zoom in. We looked at number one. So this is a list of things that I believe most humi- most uh, normies believe. God love them, God bless them, the, the lovely normies. Most of them believe most of this stuff. And I actually used to believe most of it as well myself. Let me just grab a glass of water here. Beautiful Bulgarian tap water. Yeah, yeah. So, Earth and life. Uh, humans evolved over many millions of years from simpler species. I used to believe that. Physical matter is mostly empty space, including our own bodies. Uh, I used to believe that. There are about 7 billion humans alive today, and the Earth is overpopulated. I used to believe that. Earth is a gigantic spinning ball hurtling through the infinite vastness of space. Yes, I used to believe that. Humans have sent objects into space and even walked upon the face of the moon. I used to believe that. Now let's move on to number six. Intelligent life likely exists on other planets, such as the red dot we sometimes see in the night sky. Of course, we're talking about Mars. So in other words, we covered the first five of these on last week's show, which I'll link to in the info box below. And uh, in today's show, we're going to try and cover another few of them. These are things that normies believe, and this is an article that's available for free at johnlebon.com. And uh, what I'm trying to do with last week's show and with this week's show is just give you all an idea of where I'm at with uh, my content, with my framework of the world in which we live, and what it is I'm trying to do when I look at a topic. I look at, well, what do I believe? Why do I believe that? What is the evidence? Is there other evidence I should be reconsidering? What are the different perspectives on it? And then I try and arrive at my own uh, conclusion at the end of it. And generally speaking, I realize that I've been wrong my whole life, whether it's to do with the so-called shape of the earth, how humans got here, how long humans have been here, certain uh, events of so-called history. There's just all these things that I used to believe I knew, and it turns out, actually, I've got no evidence for it at all. And that's how this article, 37 Things uh, Normies Believe, uh, came to be in, uh, in existence. So intelligent life likely exists on other planets. Yeah, guys, most of the normies believe in artificial, not artificial, in uh, intelligent life on other planets. Most most of the normies do believe that. And I used to. You think about the amount of um, programming people receive, you know, from uh, science fiction. <laughs> the amount of shows, I mean, Star Trek, Stargate, SG-1, are just two that come to... You know, come to mind straight away. But if we sat here and tried to think of all the different TV shows with aliens or space travel, it'd just be through the roof, wouldn't it? It's just non-stop, non-stop. TV shows, movies, video games, cartoons, books. 
it, um, radio shows, back when radio shows were a thing, it's just non-stop, guys. It's non-stop. And so, of course, uh, most people believe in these, um, these uh, intelligent life elsewhere. What they do is, I forget the name of it. Is it Avogadro's Constant? I always confuse Avogadro with the other one, but there's this equation. I forget the name of it. Maybe someone in Love Chat can tell me. Where supposedly you can like use science, you can use maths, guys. You can use math to, to prove that there must be intelligent life out there by taking the number of um, like stars that are out there, the number that are likely to have planets that are likely to be the right distance for organic life to evolve, you know, by how long these um, civilizations supposedly last, all of these things, and you will arrive at this final number of, of the likelihood of there being alien life, and it's, it's like probable. I think, I think some of them even try and claim it's certain. And so there's some people like, that's, there you go, that's proof. That's proof there's, there's, there's life out there. Of course, one of the main problems is their assumption that there is even a place out there, that these planets are things that can be inhabited, which is, of course, a load of nonsense. It's not true. It's not true at all. There is no space out there. It's a fiction. Okay? Oh, but I can see the night... When I go outside, I can see space. No, what you can see is the night sky. And what you have been fooled into believing is that the night sky is space. To you, they're the same thing. <laughs> so when you're looking up at the lights, you're like, Oh... Those are big balls of gas, hundreds of millions of miles away, and they could have their own planets. And it, like you think all this stuff, because that was programmed into your brain from a very young age, and that's what everyone around you believes. And humans are herd animals, so when, when they're around other humans who believe something, they just believe it by osmosis. It's phenomenal. It's almost extra sensory in a sense. People just most people are just like chameleons. They don't really even have any solid beliefs of their own. They just believe whatever everyone else around them believes. It's it's phenomenal. I never used to notice. Well, no, man. I've seen the moon with a telescope, and look, I think people could live there. That's fine. I'm not trying to change anyone. By the way, I have to make this clear. I'm not trying to change anyone's mind here. This is just a presentation. Hopefully, people enjoy it. Uh, some people out there will understand what I'm saying. Some people won't. It's okay. It's not a big deal. So if if you want to keep believing that there's some place out there <laughs> where there could be life. Up in the sky, we can't go there, but our experts can. They've got these special ships. You have to be really smart to be allowed to fly in them. Us regular people can't. Although eventually, Elon Musk, we think he might get us to space. Yeah? Okay. Let's go and check out the live stream chat. Any commentary from the live stream chat? Hand Mac says GameStop equals restart. Well... Uh, the Great Reset, as it were. Hmm. I've, re I've released a couple of videos about the whole GameStop situation, so I don't plan to go over it too much uh, tonight. But there's definitely something to this GameStop thing, isn't there? There has to be. GameStop. GameStop. And of course, GameStop is either uh, currently based in, or it was founded in, some town called Grapevine. <laughs> right? So think about GameStop. Oh, everyone wants to download the Robinhood app and start investing in GameStop, right? People were hearing it through the grapevine. Like, guys, guys, there's a hot new investment. Uh, it's really doubled, tripled in the last couple of days. You need to get Robinhood app and invest in, in GameStop, right? You heard that from a forum or a YouTube video. Maybe you heard about the GameStop thing from me. Wherever you heard it, you heard it on the grapevine, right? Heard it on the grapevine. I'm not going to sing tonight. My voice is all messed up. Almost, not that I can sing at the best of times anyway, but 
I do, I do kind of feel like singing. I haven't had any, I haven't had any beers yet today. <laughs> if I'd had a couple of beers, I'd feel like singing. But, uh, anyway, yeah, so this, this uh, company founded or based, founded and or based in Grapevine. Everybody heard about it on the Grapevine, the digital Grapevine, including through Elon Musk, who wants to take us into space. He sent a car into space. He sent a car into space. All righty, let's get back on with the 37 things normies believe. Number seven. A variety of lizard bird creatures dominated the Earth's landscape millions of years ago. Yes, I used to believe this. Yes, I did. I used to believe this one. and uh, Those were much simpler times, man. Oh, yeah. In the long, long ago... This place was inhabited by monsters, giant monsters, who could, if humans were around, they could kill them with one big bite, you know? Oh, they were massive creatures. If you think an elephant's big, you yeah, ain't saying nothing. Some of these creatures were ten times bigger than an elephant. Yeah, they found a gigantosaurus in uh, Argentina. That's why they actually called it that, a gigantosaurus. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I'm not. I'm, I'm not making that. Hold on. Let me. Um, let me see. I'll get a new tab open. Gigant. I'm pretty sure they called it a gigantosaurus, guys. Something stupid like that. Not <laughs> gigantosaurus. Fair thinking. Gigantosaurus is a genus of the theropod dinosaur that lived in what is now Argentina. Of course, back then it wasn't called Argentina. People, humans hadn't come along yet. You see, during the early Cenomanian age of the late Cretaceous period, approximately a hundred million years ago. The holotype specimen was discovered in Patagonia in 1993. <laughs> you know, around about the time that uh, Jurassic Park came out, just by complete coincidence, of course. Dry... Dragonotosaurus was one of the largest... Hold on, explain to us the name. Giant Southern Lizard. Giganotosaurus carolini translates as giant southern lizard. Well, that makes sense. I mean, Argentina's in the southern hemisphere, isn't it? Giganotosaurus was one of the largest known terrestrial carnivores, but the exact size has been hard to determine. Oh, really? Why is that? Due to the incompleteness of the remains found so far. Ah, so you haven't actually found... <laughs> haven't actually found a full one of these things yet. But you know what it looks like. I see. I understand. Oh, I see. It's got the same sort of head as a T-Rex. And it's... I mean, it really... It's, just, it's basically just a giant T-Rex, isn't it, really? How about that? But somehow they don't know the size of it. Somehow. <laughs> because the, what they've discovered has been incomplete. Anyone see a problem here? Anyone see any problems? Estimates for the most complete specimen range from a length of 12 to 13 meters. A skull of 1.5 to 1.8 meters. And a weight of 4 to, to 14 tons. 14 tons. A bipedal creature. Okay, 14 tons. So every time it lifts its leg... Every time it lifts one of its legs, its entire body mass is being supported by one, really one 
14 tons, you say? Really? <laughs> 14 tons is, is being supported by one leg. Is that so? Okay. How about an elephant? Let's take a look at an elephant. Elephants are big creatures. I've seen them. Most of you have seen them. I'm, I'm assuming most of you have seen them. I don't know. I'm sure I think most people have seen an elephant. Let's have a look. Uh, elephant. Let's see. How big are elephants? Let's find out. Now, elephants we know are real. We have seen them. You know I've had that song stuck in my head all day. That, um, that uh, Justin Bieber song. You know, uh, I don't know why I run away. He played at the Super Bowl last night. It's a cool song, man. Got a funky 80s synth-pop tune. Love it. Now, you want to know how big is this thing? How big is an elephant? How much does it weigh? Okay, five to seven tons, right? Okay, let's, let's round it up to seven tons. Okay, so Gigantosaurus, they're saying up to 14 ton. Elephant, they're saying seven ton. So, an elephant weighs half as much as the upper estimate for the Gigantosaurus. Now notice how an elephant has four legs, right? See that? Four legs to support its body weight. Okay, so it weighs half as much as the hypothesized uh, Gigantosaurus. Okay, elephant weighs half as much and supports itself with four legs. Okay? Gigantosaurus weighs twice as much as an elephant, supports itself with two legs. Now why is this important? Because an animal that has four legs can, at any given time, have at least two of those legs on the ground to support its body weight, okay? At least. Because it's a lot of body weight to support. So at any given time, it's going to have two, three, up to four of its legs supporting its body weight. The Gigantosaurus, every time it tries to move, it has its body weight with only one leg. <laughs> Guys, come on now, think through this. Next, next problem, next problem. Elephant. What are elephants known for, among other things? How, how do they move? Would you, would you consider the elephant to, to generally be a fast-moving creature? No, you probably wouldn't. Gigantosaurus, on the other hand, is meant to be uh, an animal that, that, that actually traps other animals, like chases them down. So elephant that has way more support Okay, it weighs less and has more support for what it does weigh. It moves slowly. Gigantosaurus, at any given time, will have all of its body weight on only one leg. And of course, the faster you move, the more forces are involved. Okay, the more pressure that's going through your, your, your legs and your feet, all right, and all of your joints. This thing, this thing actually, supposedly, I'm pretty sure it's going to be carnivorous. I could be wrong. Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, diet. Let's just let's just search for the word diet. What's its diet? Oh, it doesn't use the word diet. Okay. How about eat? Uh, features. Oh, that's that's not really going to work. How about food? How, how about carnivorous? Carnivorous. Aha. Uh -huh, yep. They're claiming it's a carnivore. They're claiming it's a carnivore, guys. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Hopefully, you guys can see the problem here. Yeah. I mean, I really do hope you can see the problem. Just crazy stuff. What do you think in the uh, live stream chat? By the way, I always like to read out the comments. Let's take a look here. 
Let's take a look here in the live stream chat. Akul Day says, my favorite dino is the Phagosaurus. Jacquois says, they found 100% of its toe. Nathan Oakley says, hello. Alpha, I'm gonna call Alpha, I'm gonna call you Alpha 4, or A4. A4 says, maybe the ball earth spun more slowly back then. Um, because that, would, wouldn't it be if it was spinning faster? The, the effects of gravity would be more uh, counteracted. Maybe maybe the Earth spun faster, I think is what you're trying to say. Dinosaurs evolved into gigantic trees. Well, I tell you what, man, don't get me started on the, the gigantic trees. We might come back and talk about that when we're talking about 37 things conspirators believe. Yeah, so the dinosaur thing, guys. So I'll tell you what, let me tell you about a website that uh, some of you might want to check out. It's called dinoskeptic.com. I'll put a link to this in the info box below. Dinoskeptic.com, independent film by your main man, John LeBon. And uh, that is due for release in... Uh, it was, it was, we did all the principal photography for it three years ago, four years ago. But the, uh, the official film, the, the final premiere, is slated for 2023. So coming very shortly. Don't you worry about that. Dinoskeptic.com. Let me show you a, a video from Dinoskeptic.com. Just a quick one. This is me when I went to see the, the holotype specimens of the dinosaurs in Australia. Right? You can actually pay the money and see the original dinosaur. Not the uh, recreations, not the plaster casts, not the fakes in the museums. You can see the actual dinosaur fossils with your own eyes. Be in the same room as them. Can't touch them, obviously, but you can, you can be pretty close, take close-up photos. It's phenomenal. If you pay the money. If you drive all the way out there and pay the money, which is exactly what I did. Take a look at this. Check out that footage, man. Oh, sorry, for those of you listening, we're just watching this um, Dino Skeptic trailer. And we're just looking at some footage from my drone. I've got a really cool kick-ass drone footage. Look at that. Middle of nowhere, guys. It takes days just to drive out there. Literally days. It's in the middle of the outback. Beautiful. How about the music? Beautiful. See, so I drove out there four years ago. <clears throat> I had meant to go and see these uh, holotype dinosaur fossils. And what I discovered in, in this place shook me to the depths of my miserable soul. of the Dino Skeptic Road Trip on Monday the 24th of April 2017 and we finally made it out to Hewenden, home, one of the many homes, of the big Matabatasaurus and this one here is a replica of a species that has been found numerous finds of uh, fossils they believe belonged 
to a Matabarasaurus. And the Matabarasaurus is named after a town called Matabara, which is uh, a long way back further towards Winton. But we're here in Hewenden because they've got the Flinders uh, Research Centre or Museum or something like this, which we're about to go and check out. But that is all beside the point for now. What I wanted to show you was this is their replica dinosaur, pretty much in the middle of town. They've got that information centre. These sorts of towns might depend on tourism more than people realise. And I'll give you an example of why I believe that's the case. This is their Hotel Grand, Grand, pronounce it how you like. It says established 1912, so that's over 100 years ago. And as you can probably see, not only is it closed, it is all wired up. So they've even gone to the extent of stopping people from getting close to it probably to stop vandalism or that kind of thing but it's fair to say this thing probably hasn't been open for a while and it probably won't be open for a while now in a town where their own hotels are closing down that's not a good sign and I'm sure Lindsay behind the camera there can corroborate my story here each town we go to we're seeing lots of for sale signs on the houses and we're seeing lots of businesses close down just behind us is what looks like what used to be a bakery or something and they've got a sign on it. I'll show you the photo. I might edit the photo in. It says farewell. And it looks as though whoever owned the place is saying farewell to this town. And I don't want to say the towns are dying or that they're decrepit or anything like that. It's not quite so... I wouldn't put it that strongly. But certainly it looks as though these towns aren't going as well as they'd like. And when their own pubs are closing down, that's a sure sign that things aren't going as well as they would like. So that's not too... For those of you who are very sceptical about this creature and whether it really existed... We've just got a truck going past, so forgive me for the sound here. You just leave it there recording. There are people out there who are very suspicious that maybe this creature never really existed, and maybe I'll give you a bit of a tour of it in a second. And they say that they shouldn't be telling people they existed and making money from the tourists and what have you, and I understand that. There is another argument, which I'm becoming more open to as I travel these towns, which is that if you take away the tourist dollar, these towns might not be left with enough to cope the way that perhaps they'd like to cope. And again, that's not to, to justify anything or to say that I believe one way or the other, but I'm trying to show you guys that this is a small Australian town that has been here, according to their hotel lease, for at least 100 years, and they're struggling a bit despite the tourism dollar. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for this thing. So maybe there's an argument that these things are doing some good despite the bad that some people claim they're doing. I hope that makes sense. Now, while I put the camera rolling, people say, why would you be suspicious that maybe these creatures never existed? What, what could possibly be wrong with this? Well, let's have a look at it. This thing's tail is not there to drag along the ground. The modern story with dinosaurs is that the tail was a balancing mechanism that would stay in the air. The tail didn't drag, which is one reason why when you see the footprints, like we saw yesterday at Lark Quarry, there weren't any tail marks because the bipedal dinosaurs, the tail wasn't on the ground like the T-Rex of yore, you know, from 100 years ago when they were first hypothesizing these things. The tail actually stays up in the air, okay? So if you imagine a creature like this, this way, it's got to balance both its head going forward and its tail going backwards. Now, if you imagine when you're walking with a plank of wood, those of you who've walked the planks of wood or you've done some scaffolding, you know what it's like when you've got a heavy object going this way? It's much harder to turn. It's the same idea with ballerinas when they're spinning or ice skaters when they're spinning. To spin faster, 
they move their arms in. And there's a physical term for this, I think it might be conservation of angular momentum or something like this. The idea is that the same amount of momentum, you go much faster like this, okay? How is all of that relevant? Well, if you imagine a creature that doesn't walk like this, it walks like that, then it is constantly dealing with basic physical forces that are going to slow it from turning around, okay? Maybe not a big problem. Now imagine that that same creature, all of it is balanced on two legs. We are, we've got relatively small torsos. This thing is mostly torso. So we're supposed to believe that this thing was balancing a heavy torso on two legs like that, okay? You might say, well, what's the problem there? Maybe there is no problem. Think about the forces that would be going through this leg into the ground each and every time it walks. Think about some of the heavy creatures that we know that exist today, like elephants, and think about the sizes of their legs, and think about how fast elephants move. And ask yourself, if you're being honest, do you really think that this creature could exist physically? If your answer is yes, okay. These creatures supposedly got here with evolution. So why would a creature evolve to be like this? Why would it evolve? Sorry for the noise, we've got another truck going past. Why would a creature evolve through natural selection to be slow, to be putting a lot of force through its legs? There were no hospitals for dinosaurs. It breaks a leg, it's finished. Look at the size of the thing. Why would evolution lead to a creature anything like this? That's without factoring in the arms. This thing would have evolved from a smaller creature, we could imagine. So, did it evolve from a four-legged thing and then turn its front two legs into arms? Or was it two-legged from when it was small and then suddenly develop arms? When you start to think about this stuff logically, you might eventually realize that this is a very, very unlikely shape, possibly to the point of physical impossibility. And then you might say, well, what do I know? What do you know? We're not experts. The experts know better. Okay, we're going to go and ask the experts. We'll see if they have answers to these questions. No matter what those experts say and what you think of those experts, one point I wanted to make with this video was that without those experts in this town and tourists like us coming to those uh, information centres, this town might be in even more trouble than it already is. And I put to you that that there, if you just want to focus on that, that there is evidence of a town, in my opinion, and I hope I'm wrong, that's in trouble. So John the Bond on the 24th of April 2017, Dino Skeptic Road Trip Day 5, Lindsay behind the camera, about to go and check out the information centre. We'll see you inside. What do you reckon? So that is the, uh, that's one of the trailers I've got at dinoskeptic.com for the film. And yeah, I recorded all of that back in the beginning of 2017. So it's been a few years and I really should have put the finishing touches on the, the final film by now. And uh, I've got no excuse to have not have done that. It's just one of those things where to sit there and edit a feature-length film, you really need to be motivated to, to, to do the work. And uh, I've already spent so much time on it that if I ever do sit down and do the work, it'll probably only take a week to finish it tops. But um, just sitting aside the week has been the difficult part. But there's a ton of footage there already, guys. Like, the final film hasn't been released, but there are tons of... Like, I uploaded daily videos when I was doing this. Uh, every, every night, I would sit there and edit up <clears throat> Pardon me, I would uh, edit up uh, daily videos and upload them. So there's a ton of content. There's, there's a feature-length film worth of content there already. And uh, it's well edited and it's all well put together, in my opinion. 
And so if you're interested in any of this to do with uh, the dinosaur hoax question, I do recommend you go and check out dinoskeptic.com. All right, let's go and uh, take a look at the live stream chat. Boy, oh boy. Who have we got in here? Farside says, JLB is flipping back and forth as usual. Claims agnostic about everything. And in the next day, denies all historical scientific facts outright. <laughs> Reminds me of the confrontational grifter, Jan Irvin. Oh, that's, that's a bit below the belt. No need to, no need to fight dirty, far side. Jeez. Absolutely no need for that. Goodness gracious me. Uh, let's see. So what is, what's he saying? That um, I'm claiming to be agnostic. No, don't tell any dinosaurs are a hoax, period. Okay, that's what I'm telling you. And I've been telling you that for years now. So if you don't like that, that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. But don't come in here and ad homie or straw man. Don't straw me, bro. Like, I'm saying dinosaurs are hoax. Now, <clears throat> pardon me, if you believe in them, that's fine. Firstly, if you believe in them, why are you even here? Like, surely you must find these live streams are very frustrating. I mean, maybe, maybe now that Trump's gone, people, you know, people of a certain volition, of a certain bent, they need a new boogeyman to hate. Well, hey guys, my live stream is every week. It's going to be Pardon me, here on this channel and available through IPS and the Dark Matter Digital Network. And uh, this week we started at 1 p.m. Uh, New York time. As of next week, I'm moving to midday New York, which I believe is 9 a.m. Um, on the on the West Coast. And it'll be 7 p.m. for me here local. I want to start an hour earlier. I think it'll work out better that way. So I'll be here every week, guys, doing a one-hour live stream, followed by a one-hour uh, stream on the John LeBond server. So two hours two hours a week, guys. I'm here. If you want someone to hate and you happen to believe in dinosaurs, hey, I'm the perfect guy to hate. The only point I would make, though, is hating people probably won't make you happy. Seriously. Did hating Trump make you happy? Really? Really? Did it make you happy deep down? Really? I don't think it did. Alright. Let's have a look. Jacquois says, I miss believing in dinosaurs. Yeah, don't we all? Don't we all? They got us when we were kids, man. They got us with uh, Jurassic Park and The Land Before Time. Which, by the way, if you look into it, you'll find that Steven, uh, Steven Spielberg rather was involved in both of those. Both Jurassic Park and The Land Before Time. So they released the cartoon that sucks in the kids in the 80s. Then they released the action-packed movie in, what was it, 1993? I think it was Jurassic Park. So in... Everyone's a little bit older now, and even even the older kids can watch Jurassic Park. It's not that violent. And all of a sudden, you've got the T-Rex chasing Jeff Goldblum, and yeah, man. Uh, and of course, Jurassic Park largely centers around the two children, okay, the, the boy and the girl, I think they're brother and sister. And so it's easy for children to identify with the characters in that film as well. And, if, and so anyone my age or younger has been completely brainwashed and programmed to believe in dinosaurs uh, via emotional attachment to the story, and they're never going to give it up. They're never going to give it up. Uh, let's see. Who else we got here? David Sawyer says, Hey, John Le Bon, do you have dreads under the the beanie? No. No, I never had, never had uh, dreads. I used to have a long ass hair, though, man. Really long. Really, really long. But then um, I cut it all off when I was in Saigon. Middle of 2019. About 18 months ago. I cut... I just... Completely shaved my head, and uh, yeah, I actually kind of liked it. But um, I let the hair grow back out again, and so my hair is getting long again. But um, no, nah, it's never going to get as long as it used to be, unfortunately. In fact, I probably just shave a whole lot off again, to be honest. I might do that. Let's see who else we got here. 
Sunset Lights 100 says, evidence is there for dino hoax, but more evidence be better. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Look, no one has ever shown you a a real-life holotype specimen of a complete dinosaur. No one's ever shown you that because it doesn't exist. And in fact, most people have never seen any holotypes at all. I have seen them, okay? I paid the money. I drove out there. took a couple of days to get there. I saw what is meant to be the dinosaurs. And I'm telling you, when I was in the room, I'm like, really? That I didn't say it out loud. I'm like, what? This is their story? This, th- these, these pieces of obvious wood are meant to be dinosaur? I'm like, oh my God. This is when I was starting to get my head around just how far gone most people are, how far gone we are as a, as a people, as a so-called species. Humans are not that bright. Okay, Humans are incredibly... Let me think of a, a term to use here. I was going to say incredibly stupid, but that's not, being, that's not very fair. Because, I mean, are fish stupid? Are dogs stupid? Well, not really. They're just doing what they're, you know, what's in their nature. The nature of the human is to believe whatever, whatever it's programmed with and believe whatever the herd believes and never really think for itself. That's the nature of the human. That's the nature of the human. And I was just starting to get my head around that with the dinosaur stuff back in uh, 20, 2017, yeah? Good times. Was it 2017? Yeah, it was 2017. Dirty Benny says, Dino from the Flintstones, Toys, Johnny Quest, Barney the Dinosaur. Yeah, Barney the Dinosaur. That's a good one. Yep. That gets the really young kids, doesn't it? The programming and deception never ends. No, it certainly doesn't. Numby Num says, I have a feeling a lot of other fossils are fake as well. Like saber-toothed cats, giant sloths, etc. Yeah, I've got some content coming on the way about uh, the uh, the tar pits where supposedly these animals are found. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's see. What else have we got here in the live stream chat? Nathan Oakley says, people are taught how to be good workers at school. Well, yeah, not just good workers, but good system creatures. Dependent on the system. Dependent on a central authority to tell them where to be, what to do, whether they're right or wrong. Uh, to reward them for doing what they're told. To discipline them for not doing the right thing. And to get along. Like, to not step out of line. Like, you don't want to be the one that says something and all the other kids will laugh at you. Uh, you don't want to be the one who, like, asks a question where the other kids already know the answer. So, like, haha, how do you not know that already? Uh, people learn from a very young age to be... Um, socialized by this system and that's that's what school exists to do this has been written about extensively and it's not a secret it's not, it's not a conspiracy either school exists to uh, homogenize the masses that's literally what it exists to do among other things this is not a secret it's not a conspiracy theory it's out in the open but nobody knows because how they're going to find this out by listening to me almost no one listens to me we've got 40 people watching live right now last week we had maybe at the most maybe 70 <laughs> right? so I'm going to try and build those numbers over the next uh, few weeks and months for sure, but end of the day, that's, come on, man, that's, that's dropping the ocean type stuff. Most people are getting information from CNN, NBC, New York Times, LA Times, Forbes Magazine, uh, National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Kim Kardashian. I mean, it's, there's, there's no chance for these people. No chance, period. So they don't even know what school was for. So they think, oh, I'm so smart because I did well at school. And it's like, firstly, it's not hard to do well at school, okay? But secondly, even if you do well, like I did, so what have you done well at? Regurgitating a whole bunch of nonsense? It's, uh, it's a real blow to the ego when you find out that, actually, you were the best at regurgitating bullcrap. 
Matrix Decode is in the live stream chat. Goodness gracious me, Matrix Decode. Get this last week, someone said to me uh, in the live stream chat, uh, what do you think about the idea of a baller skeptic roundtable reunion show? I'm like, you know what? I'm up for it. If Matrix Decode and David Weiss are up for it, let's do it. And let's see how many of the old guests want to come back. You know, it's been uh, five years now. It's been half a decade. Let's see where everybody is. I mean, I'm willing to bet that uh, none of us have suddenly found ourselves believing that we live in a spinning ball again. But I also suspect maybe there's some people who are less pro-flat Earth now than they were five years ago, perhaps? It'd be very interesting to find out, wouldn't it? To, to speak with the people and see, see how they feel about all of this. It would be very interesting. So, um, yeah, man. Send me an email. Maybe we can get you on as the, as the first special guest next week if you want to join us. Come and join us for the show, man. It'd be cool to talk. I think people would really enjoy that. Numbi Num says, I used to enjoy hunting fossils as a kid, like shells and trilobites. My theory about fossils is that bone probably doesn't fossilize. Fish skeletons fossilize because they're cartilaginous. Cartilaginous? Goodness gracious me. And as Ace says, John and Oak, you become dinosaurs already by segregation. Keep doing it and you'll see. Segregation. I'm really not sure what you're talking about. I might have to start making a, being a bit more nuanced in, in my decision of which comments to read out. There's some good comments in there, guys. I appreciate it. There's some rather bizarre comments as well. So let's get back to this 37 things normies believe. Try and get through one or two more. So following on from number seven, which is talking about the lizard birds, uh, or as they're called these days, dinosaurs. This follows on from that one. Once those lizard birds died, they eventually turned into the oil which is now extracted from the earth for fuel. Because, you know, it's fossil fuel, guys. And the earth is running out of my fossil fuels. Yeah? Now, of course, this is what the normies believe, but if you speak to someone who, you know, has studied, I don't know, biology or uh, any of these... Uh, related fields. They'll tell you, oh no, it's it's not the dinosaurs that, that turned into fossil fuel, it's it's mostly um plankton or um you know leaves and stuff, you know, like other organic matter. It's not it's not really the dinosaurs. Okay, fine. But what do most people understand fossil fuels as? Dead dinosaurs, dead ancient extinct animals. Yeah. That's what they think. Because it's fossil fuels, right? Fossil fuels. What they don't believe is that the fuel, the oil, is self-regenerating, right? What they don't believe is that this fuel can be manufactured uh, artificially, whether by the use of um, corn, you know, or uh, through other chemical uh, processes. Most people don't believe either of those things. They don't believe that the earth re is regenerating its own oil, or that the people who make the, the, the oil can actually just make it from other uh, products. They believe it comes from the ground because it's a fossil fuel. And I have to admit, I used to believe that as well. I don't know why I run away. What a great song, man. <clears throat> Justin Bieber bringing back the 80 synth tunes, man. Yeah, yeah, boy. Number nine. This oil is a limited and largely non-renewable commodity and is running out. And that's why you have to pay a dollar a litre or a dollar fifty a litre. Or whatever you guys pay in America. I don't know what you pay per gallon. But uh, it's incredible the amount of money that people have to pay for this stuff, especially if it is just re re uh, regenerating, coming from the ground, or easily manufactured. It's phenomenal how much people have to pay to fill their cars with it. 
But hey, if it's for fossil fuel, if it comes from dead dinosaurs, and you know, it's a limited resource, and that's why it's so expensive. Number 10. The Earth's climate is changing. Let me highlight the right one here. The Earth's climate is changing dangerously due to human emission of gases like carbon dioxide and methane. Yeah, guys. The climate's changing. You know, I was on uh, Reddit Melbourne. I like to use Reddit. I've got a whole bunch of subreddits I like to check out from time to time to keep my finger on the pulse, as it were. And on the subreddit for the city of Melbourne, the city that I'm originally from, I noticed that someone made a post there today saying, is it just me, or has this summer, because obviously it's summertime in the southern so-called hemisphere, they're like, is it just me, or is this summer being very mild? Like, not even a real summer. And most of the replies were like, yeah, I felt that way too. A couple of replies were like, the last few summers have been very mild, right? Now, these are the same people who would swear black and blue that climate change is real, dangerous, and that we have to do something about it, right? But they know from their own experience that Things aren't getting hotter. If anything, they're, they're experiencing it being more mild, right? And that's the that's a great power of the brainwashing and the programming. You can get people to believe something that, that contradicts their other beliefs at the same time. George Orwell called this double think. They will, on the one hand, think, man, it's, it hasn't really been a very hot summer. There hasn't been any of the heat waves that we used to. It's been very mild. Yeah, it's been like that for a few years now, actually. And at the exact same time, believe, oh, yeah, climate change is real. You know, things are getting bad. And, Hold on. You think the weather's getting more extreme, there'll be more bushfires? Yep. Because you think it's the, the summer's going to be more extreme? Yep. But you also think the summers are more mild? Yep. And you think they have been for a few years? That's right. And you don't see a problem here? No, sir. Okay, let's go back to the live stream. Oh, guys, we only got five minutes left. We only got five minutes left for the first hour of the show. Let's go and take a look at the live stream uh, chat. Nambi Nam says, I was always taught that the oil is made from ancient forests. Whatever happened to peak oil? Yeah, what happened to peak oil? Those are the days. Those were the days, man. Yeah, yeah, boy. All right. So we've looked at the Gigantosaurus. We've looked at the elephant. We've looked at Dinoskeptic.com. Go and check that out. Dinoskeptic.com. I want to take a look at this Elon Musk business, right? Elon Musk... This is from Bloomberg Opinion. This is from February 8th, so in other words, today. It says, Why Elon Musk's doggy coin tweets have, a, have hit a Bitcoin nerve? When will the penny drop for the cryptocurrency speculators that maybe the joke's on them? This is coming to us from Bloomberg Opinion. Okay, let's zoom in so those of you watching at home can uh, read along if that's what you want to do. Quote, imagine a team of smartly dressed bankers pitching an investment to Wall Street financiers, only to be left raging when a weirdo in a dog costume walks in and gets the money. That's how some corners of the cryptocurrency market are reacting to celebrities led by Elon Musk tweeting about Doggycoin, a tongue-in-cheek, memeified version of Bitcoin, launched in 2013 with a Shiba Inu as its mascot. Shiba Inu was its mascot. The billionaire's endorsement last week of Doggy as the people's crypto, cheered by Kiss rocker Gene Simmons and rapper Snoop Doggy Dog, sent trigger-happy Reddit traders stampeding into the canine-themed coin. As a result, its price is up around 1,000% year-to-date. Okay, so it's multiplied 10 times. 
eclipsing Bitcoin's rise. Musk, reveling in the social media excitement and speculation, tweeted, I am become mean destroyer of shorts. And it just goes on and on like that. Now, here's the thing. If you take a look at Dogecoin, let's go and take a look at it. I thought I had that. Where was it? Uh, let's just click on this. Uh, it's the same, same outlet, Bloomberg. Let's take a look. What's this crap? Okay, let's try something different then. Let's go to, let's go and check out Elon Musk, all right? Elon Musk is talking about buying 1.5 billion of Bitcoin. Claims already has, supposedly. They've uh, filed something with the SEC to say, yeah, we've spent 1.5 billion on, uh, on Bitcoin investments. As I was saying at the start of the show, this guy is supposedly the richest guy uh, on earth today. I think that's the story. Let's double check that. Let's go to Elon Musk Wiki. Elon Musk or Wikipedia. I don't know why I run away. Elon Reeve. Musk Reeve. I didn't even know that was his middle name. Christopher Reeve, Superman. He's a business magnate, industrial designer, and engineer. He's the founder, CEO, and CEO of SpaceX and Tesla. A sinti billionaire, Musk became the richest person in the world in January 2021, with an estimated net worth of $185 billion, surpassing Jeff Bezos. Bezos. So according to the story, guys, this is the most wealthy dude in the world today. And now he's tweeting about Dogecoin. He's saying that his company, Tesla, has bought all this Bitcoin, supposedly. And this all at a time when more and more people are on their phones tr trading, so-called trading, thanks to Robinhood and things like that, and the recent GameStop uh, nonsense. So the man who wants to go to the moon is now trying to send Dogecoin to the moon using Twitter. And, and when he tweets about these coins, their prices do seem to move significantly in the uh, upwards direction. There's something very weird going on here. So I'm going to have another glass of water. In a second, I want to come back and talk about what I think might be going on here. Because I, I discovered some things back in 2017 about the uh, cryptocurrency market, about the Satoshi Roundtable. Basically, cryptocurrency has its own creature from Jekyll Island. You've heard of the creature from Jekyll Island. You've heard of this idea that a bunch of bankers got together and, and created the Federal Reserve and uh, basically took over America and, and basically took over the world, in a sense. You've heard that story. What if I told you that that story is probably bullshit, but that a real-life version of it is happening today with uh, cryptocurrency? What if I told you that? That there's actually a Satoshi Roundtable where some of the biggest uh, names in cryptocurrency get together for a little get-together weekend retreat. And uh, that what's going to happen is that more and more people are going to become over-invested and over-leveraged in cryptocurrency and in stocks and that eventually the Great Reset may well be triggered by a quote-unquote collapse of the financial system involving cryptocurrencies. Because now the lines have been blurred so much. What if I told you that we're being prepped for that as we speak and that that's only the beginning? There's more to it. Well, guess what? That's kind of what I'm here to tell you. So in the second hour, we'll go into more detail about that. I'll be in the JLB uh, Discord server streaming via the, uh, the main channel there. So if you're currently a member of JohnTheBond.com or you're on the Discord server... Feel free to pop in and uh, you can either just listen to the stream or you can take part in the conversation. You're all welcome to join me for that. But uh, we need to wrap up this hour of the call. So remember, next week, the show is going to launch officially. I'll have a much more professional setup and I'm sure my voice will be much more 
uh, ready to do a live show. It's, um, yeah, my voice is uh, not not in the best shape right now. But next week, man, I'm going to be, oh boy, just due wait. It's going to be great. And we're going to start at midday New York time, which I believe is 9 o'clock um, LA time, like Western time. So that'll be 7 p.m. for me here. That'll be 5 p.m. Uh, if you're in the UK. And of course, it will be available on delay for those who can't be uh, at the stream live. And it's going to be terrific. So stay tuned for more information about that. Make sure that uh, if you use these platforms, you've got my Twitter, uh, that you're on the, the free Javi mailing list. Very important. It's a good way to get member content sent to you for free if you can't afford to join as a member, which I understand that some people cannot afford nice things. It's, uh, that's just how it is. But the free mailing list allows you to still get member content for free. So check the info box below. There's a mailing list. Uh, it takes five seconds to sign up. It's easy. It's perfect. Uh, big tech can't censor us that way. Uh, they can censor us on Twitter, but I'm still using Twitter until they get rid of me. And they haven't got rid of me yet, so I'll keep using Twitter. Twitter's a nice way to uh, communicate ideas to people, new information, what have you. So make sure you check out the Twitter if you do use that platform. And uh, if you're listening to this on delay, then move on to the second hour because by the time you hear this, the second hour will already be uh, waiting for you. But if you're listening live, then like I said, just come to the JLB Discord server. I'll be streaming live in about five minutes once I've had a glass of water. So thanks again once, once again to uh, Tim Osman of the Infinite Plane Society and the Dark Matter Digital Network. I always am afraid I'm going to stumble over my words with that one, but so far, so good. Dark Matter Digital Network. Uh, you can get the second hour of this call and of last week's call if you are a patron over at the Infinite Plane Society, which costs as little as one, no, $2, $2. And then you get access to the meme factory of the Infinite Plane Society, and you get access to the second hour of this call and last week's call. And the same goes for Dark Matter Digital Network. Check it out. Uh, all the members there, all the subscribers there, get the second hour of this call as well. So that'll do us for the first hour on February 8, 2021. John the Bond coming to you from beautiful, crazy Eastern Europe. Goodness gracious me. And uh, we've been looking at 37 things normies believe. Next week, on next week's show, we're going to look at 37 things conspiratards believe. And if you want to get the uh, inside scoop on that one, link to that in the info box below as well. The info box is where you want to be, guys. That's where all the links are. So uh, go and check that out. So uh, we're going to wrap it up with uh, Gully Squad, some guy at a bat in China. This is just brilliant music. The dancing, I think, is not bad as well. And I'll see you guys in just a moment for the second hour of the call. Rearrange. Get strange. Songs I hit a bat in China, so now I can't get any toilet paper. Yeah. Crushing new laws on things as simple as uh, stopping to have a coffee or to stay home and watch the TV. Better stay home. Don't visit the family. Back in China, so now my girlfriend don't wanna give me vagina. Everything's changed, rearranged. The whole world gone strange. Yeah, some guy ate a bat in China. Yeah. Someone from China ate a bat, and now you can't leave your house or go out the back. New South Wales Police are patrolling Sydney streets. If you believe that, to understand changing social distancing rules. But I don't know, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh boy, this shit banging. Oh boy, what another one. Big fat shit from the side again. Freestyling with the microphone. Beer on my left hand. I'm in lockdown. What are the sounds? A little bit sad. Shit. Someone ate a bat in China. Can't go and get any toilet paper. The TV telling me that. 
Yeah. Oh boy, you ain't done on this one. Police are receiving some backlash for their aggressive approach.